Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Yo, what is up, Believers, and what is up, Bear Down Nation? I am Cameron Lee. And I am Joey Christopoulos. Today's victorious Believe in Bears episode is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. NBA and college basketball, it is back, baby. And the NFL and college football playoffs are right around the corner. With all these sports going on, there are plenty of bets to lock in. So if you're thinking about picking, let's just say, the Lakers to repeat the NBA championship, the Bears to make the playoffs, or someone to upset Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs, you need to go to betonline.ag. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there is always that online casino as well. It never closes. So head to betonline.ag today. Take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Cameron, week 16, Bears, Jags, 41-17, to a blowout victory. The Bears are now 8-7. and The Cardinals lost yesterday. They are now sitting in the seven seed. Bears do what they got to do today. They're taking care of business. TCB in time. I see the floor to you, Cameron. How do you feel? Yeah, I feel good about this one. Uh, you know, like you said, the Bears came out. They took care of business. They beat a team that they should have beat. They, you know, control their own destiny, if you will. And, you know, uh, looking back a couple of weeks, if you would have said, hey, what's the best case scenario that the that the Bears could possibly be in? I'd say it's to, to be in control of their own destiny and have a shot at the playoffs going into the final week of the season. So when you come out, you play well. You beat up on bad teams and you give yourself a chance. And I really think that's that's the best that we can ask for given this uh, roller coaster ride of a season that we've been on. And now they're heading into a week 17 matchup against the Packers. They still have to play the Titans tonight. So there still is a bit of a question of how much incentive the Packers are going to have heading into week 17. But the Bears have plenty of incentive with the playoffs now on the line. Cameron, there's a bunch of stats flying around Twitter right now. The Bears have scored 30-plus points for five straight games now. Or excuse me, four straight games now. The first time in over 65 years. We're going to dive into the nuts and bolts of this game specifically, but dare I say this is the best the Bears' offense has looked since at any point in 2018. And today, did you feel like that they changed anything schematically just a touch? Did you like what you saw out there in general? I know it's a Jaguars team that's hapless and up the road what did you think overall about the Bears offensive performance today I liked what we saw from the offense you know they they I think they must have been listening to our podcast they came out and they didn't try to do anything too elaborate too funky I mean for the most part it's what we've been talking about you know they've been continuing to run the ball and put a great emphasis on that they've been control uh, continuing to uh, utilize the play action pass in the rollout game we saw some Mitch rolling right we saw Mitch rolling left we saw him trying to make Short and easy throws for the most part, limiting the opportunity to make mistakes, getting the ball in the hands of playmakers and positions for them to succeed. You know, it was it was simple. It's It was formulaic. It's what they've been doing these last three, four, five weeks, and it continues to work. And it, when you go out and do what it, what's good against a bad defense, you know, you're going to you're going to reap the benefits. And obviously putting up 41 points is a, is a pretty darn good day. And uh, the Bears, obviously, you should be proud of that. Mitchell Trubisky, 275 total yards, two touchdowns by the air, one with his feet on a 10-yard scamper. David Montgomery, 95 yards, one touchdown. It was a nice split in the end, 36 pass attempts, 33 rushing, but that really kind of came when Nick Foles came in the game in the fourth quarter. They were kind of just eking out the clock. They tacked on, what, five, six, seven run plays on top of that. But again, A-Rob, now over 100 catches on the season. 10 receptions, 103 yards. Jimmy Graham is the one who came out of nowhere, 69 yards, two touchdowns in Cameron, just real quick. In our over-under pod to begin the season, 450 was the number for Jimmy Graham. He is now over that number by one yard. 
He's exceeded his touchdown total as well. 21 points in the third quarter. Something very surprising. That is when they put this team away. That's what you're supposed to do against the Jaguars. It was just really great to see Cameron, them come out and do exactly what we hoped they thought that they would do. Just take care of a bad team, rack up a bunch of points, keep the offense moving in the right direction. And I think they still have the same type of momentum coming into the game taking it out of the game, heading into the Packers next week. Yeah, that's what we wanted to really hit on was that, yes, there, there are very few scenarios in which we see the Bears losing this game. But the one thing that they could not do, even if they won, was to play an ugly game and a choppy game and a game that left this team with a lot of question marks heading into what may be that, well, what would absolutely be the biggest game of the season. So when you come out there and, like we said, they didn't switch it up too much. They didn't try to get too fancy. They just did what they did, and they did it well. And they continued that streak, continued that momentum, and keep that energy going in a positive direction for yet another week, giving them a, yet another opportunity to take care of business and, and find themselves back into the playoffs. That's what I think is the most important takeaway is that there was no hiccups here. I mean, it's not a perfect game. It's not a flawless game by any means. But the big thing that they could not do was – come out of this game feeling like uh, we don't really know what our offensive direction is and take a step backwards in that regard. They didn't do that. They, they took care of business through the air on the ground. Everything worked, everything went well, and you can feel good heading in into this game with the Packers. Might not have been a full step forward, but definitely at least we could say half step forward. Incremental progress is what we're looking for Cameron in this crazy roller coaster of a season, the bears 391 total yards, you know, yes, they were helped out by 10 Jaguars penalties. That definitely helped out a lot in different portions of this game, but still 6-12 on third down, 2-2 two and two on fourth down. Let's drill in a little bit on Mitchell Trubisky. You know, we mentioned some of the numbers out there. Just talk about if there's one thing that, you know, stuck out to you today about his performance, what would it be? Because, honestly, I saw probably the best cluster of great throws since he's become the starter again than I probably saw in this game. I mean, even on some a couple incompletions that Cole Komet almost touched down, I thought that was a pretty decent ball. What did you see from Mitchell Trubisky today? I think you're right. He does seem to be getting better. And like we kind of talk about all year, he's just a confidence kind of guy. He needs things to go well. And you can sort of see him taking the next step in that progression uh, as he's getting more opportunities, as they're letting him throw, make throws that he's comfortable with. And when you do that, when you take more steps and more practice and more reps, obviously that sort of comfort zone expands a little bit, giving him the opportunity to make more throws that we could feel confident in later on in the game and in these bigger situations. I think it's been good seeing him uh, step up and make some of these tough throws. He's throwing the ball. Uh, what we're still seeing is, is throwing the ball into some tight windows and some tough spots. But, you know, like there was a couple of plays. I know he had the one that was just out of the reach of Cole Komet and one just out of the reach of Jimmy Graham and a couple others that are being thrown as incompletions, which is a good thing. You know, if, if it's not going to be caught by us or by, you know, if it's not going to be caught by us, it's not going to be caught by anybody. And I think that that's, that's a good sign. Um, so some of these tough throws, hey, this, uh, you, you like to see that. You like to see that step forward. So I think that's a good sign. Obviously, we still have the interception, which is a, as a, a larger indictment on decision-making than it is on ability. And so that's, you know, obviously we can't just come away from the saying that Mitchell played a flawless game. Uh, obviously, you got to know better than to throw that ball. I, I think we've seen a big step forward with, with some of the throws that he's been able to make, but some of the decision-making still – you see the, the, the things that make you nervous or make uh, Bears fans nervous, I guess. And uh, so there, there's, there's some good and there's some bad, but it's more good. Slight positive on the interception. We were in the red zone. Again, we were about to score points all day long again. And this has been a consistent theme 
through this little run that the Bears are having late in the season is we just keep driving the ball down the field, and it's not about drives stalling at the 40 and the 35-yard line. I mean, we're making those right throws to get us into that field goal range, at least get some points on the board. And again, Mitch in the postgame talked about, and you can see it on the replay, the defensive back fell down, A-Rob put his hand up, and that one split second he made that decision, but he had someone kind of coming on him. I don't think he was able to put a great throw on that. And honestly, it, it, it was just a bad throw. And let's be honest about ourselves. We're not going to get too wet blanket here. You can't make that throw against the Packers next week, especially in the red zone. That's a decision that Mitch has to clean up, correct? Exactly. And that's the thing that we're trying to, you know, that we need to move forward with here is that Mitch, again, played a pretty, pretty solid game and he's doing some things with his leg and he's given this team an opportunity. But the next step in the progression is the decision-making. It's not being able to force unbelievable throws that, you know, only a handful of guys in the league can make. We don't think that's the ceiling for Mitchell Trubisky. So we're not expecting him to do that. We're not asking him to do that. What we're asking is when there's nothing there, dude, throw the ball out of bounds, take the field goal. You know, like that, that's what, that's what uh, is the next step in his progression is the decision-making. It's not making some unbelievable throw that like, like we said, that only so many can make, like just make the right decision. There's, there's just a better decision to be made. And I think that's hard. I think it's hard for an elite or for an upper-level athlete who's scrambled around, who's evaded the defense, who's made it, you know, this and that already happened on that same play, and he wants to finish it. He wants to cap it off and say, look what I did, you know, and, and I don't blame him. That's the competitor in you. But sometimes you got to have the humility and know there's nowhere to go here. And to, to not lose yards or to not turn the ball over is a victory in that instance. And so that's the next step in the progression. That's what we need to see. And it is very fair to say that Mitchell Trubisky is probably playing the best stretch of football that he has throughout his career. But if we're going to bring out our critical eye a little bit, is it also fair to say that maybe the next step, we're, we're making this progress and we're slowly, we tried to open it up, I feel like, a little bit today and give Mitch a little bit more responsibility in terms of decision-making and throwing the ball down the field. But is it fair to say that there still might be an area of concern or maybe an area where there's a fragility of confidence on that? third and goal on the eight yard line or the second and the second and eight at the 15 yard line when it starts to get really tight and you're not in necessarily a run pass situation it's kind of more of a throw situation and if it isn't a quick slant hit Mitch making that correct decision in that tight space is that fair to say that's still something that he could perhaps improve upon yeah, that's, I mean, that's one of the, the toughest situations in football is when the space, when the field becomes so condensed that the, that the options are limited and yet you still have to throw the ball. You still have to find a way to make a play happen. That, that's tough for anyone, but especially for Mitch, who's struggled with the decisions. When they take away that easy throw and when the easy throw is not there, that's the one where you've got to be able to make the right decision and the right throw. And we haven't seen that yet. So that is a big spot where you want to see that progression and him at least step towards us, at least step in the right direction is the decision-making part of it, making the throw and actually executing it. You know, that that's going to be even better, but you got to start by knowing where to go and when to go there. And at execution wise, there was a moment where it worked out where I thought Mitch Trubisky threw his best 50, 50 ball of the season to a Rob on that one-on-one -on -one early in the game. And a Rob just didn't come down with it, but I thought that was the perfect type of pass. Nice recognition, figuring that out. And unfortunately I think what happens to the bears sometimes is their play calling goes against itself where they try and get creative and cute because of maybe that lack of confidence in that one particular area. And I think what you're describing is it's a challenging place. And I think that's where the great ones make their hay. I mean, I, Aaron Rodgers has, I think he's got 40 touchdowns this season. I can guarantee you a dozen of them or 
four or five yards and in and just making those right decisions in those right moments. That's what separates those great quarterbacks. I think Mitch is playing some great football right now. I'm just talking about next week against the Packers when every possession is going to matter. We're going to get to the defense in a second, but we know the Packers offense is explosive. You're going to have to cash in in those situations, and that is going to be something that Mitch needs to really try and get you know, tightened up as possible heading into this final game. And I think that's why you go out and get a guy like Jimmy Graham, who has proven to be a, an effective playmaker in these situations. We haven't seen Allen Robinson necessarily be that guy that, that we can just go to and know like, hey, this guy's going to come down with that ball in the end zone for us. He obviously makes a ton of catches and some unbelievable plays. But just knowing that if, if, if they can get Robinson to be that guy in the end zone, if they can always count on Jimmy Graham to be the guy that he's been, uh, it, you know, in these red zone situations. And I would like to see Cole Komet become more involved in these situations as well. That's why you go out and get big athletes for that space on the field. You know, some of these slot guys were, you know, shiftier guys, this, that's not their territory. Darnell Mooney and Anthony Miller, that's not exactly where they're going to thrive. But I think that would be a, that would go a long way towards the success and the progression of Mitchell Trubisky is if we could find a way to get Komet more involved and, and get, yeah, Allen Robinson more opportunities and Jimmy Graham to continue to do what he did today with the two touchdowns that that will help him a lot and Cameron let's talk a little bit about it's a buzzword that we keep bringing up on this pod and I think we've been bringing it up since honestly week one week two it sounds cliche and silly but it is so true with this Bears offense right now it's just confidence and you bring it up over and over week after week and we're seeing it happen right now so that's why we're talking about this particular red zone area and trusting Mitch with the football in his hands. Let's roll it back just a little bit. I thought that fourth and five in the third quarter, I'm going to get the yardage wrong, but it was around the 30, 35 yard marker. They could have kicked a field goal there. I thought that was ballsy Cameron and they completed it. They made it happen later in the game. A couple drives later, they were able to get a third and five. They were able to pick that up too as well. Great throw by Mitch. They were six and 12 on third downs. And I just really, really liked in those moments right there picking it up. But just talk about that fourth and five. I was scratching my head for a second, but this is the Bears coaching staff and hopefully the players as well starting to feel itself a little bit, truly trending in that right direction of feeling like they're playing above average offensive football. Well, it takes guts to make a call like that. And it's going to instill a little bit of the juice and swagger in the guys. And when you go out and execute it, man, it really just takes you to another level. That's what we need to see. And that's, you know, when we talk about that confidence over and over again, knowing that the guy that's calling the shots had, had the guts to put, put that opportunity on your back and give your team that chance, that's really reaffirming. And when you can go out and prove him right and make him look good, that's the best feeling. That's what you're going to get. I think that's going to be part of this team's identity and should have been from the jump. But if you want to see this team be uh, at their best and at their highest level, it's got to be, you know, coming from that confidence that is instilled in having the guts to take shots like that and going out and executing. So I love play calls like that. And I love that we've seen it be successful. And I hope that we continue to see more of it. Let's hop in the car. Let's drive down to your wheelhouse because we're heading into this Packers game. We win, we get in, we lose and the Cardinals lose. We still get in the playoffs. We have a lot of different scenarios that we can hop in all of a sudden. So we're looking at season changers. What happened? What was it? Mitchell Trubisky coming back and bringing his style of football and playing efficiently has been a huge one. We could say David Montgomery too as well, but Cameron, your wheelhouse, man, in my opinion, this offensive line, it's, another, it's a unit that we're not talking about anymore. And today I feel like, you know, great. They didn't run him up for 199 rushing yards, but I felt like they kept Mitch pretty clean. I thought they gave him some pockets to throw. It looked pretty good again. Give us your grade for the offensive line in week 16 against the Jaguars. I got to give the offensive line an A. 
You know, it's not, again, it's not a flawless game, but when you come out and you're able to throw for over 200 yards, you're able to rush for 128 yards, we can't ask for too much more. They put up 40 points, and they, they kept Mitch clean. They're able to, to run basically as needed. I, I have no complaints about this group, man. They've, they've just really gelled, and they found the right group of guys and the right, uh, the right approach and the right scheme, and they're executing it perfectly. I mean, they're, they're playing very well. And, you know, guys like Charles Leno, who we were talking about, this guy can't even play, all of a sudden look like some of the best at their position in the league. I mean, it's, it's awesome. It's just awesome seeing it all start to click for them. Major credit to Charles Leno. They, they did have four plays of negative yardage, which is a little bit different than what we've been seeing over the last month. Look, that will happen from time to time. But Cameron, am I being hyperbolic that this lineup, this Leno, Whitehair, Mustafa, Bars, Effetti lineup, it's been a season changer. Am I wrong? No, it's absolutely. You're not being hyperbolic whatsoever. I mean, they couldn't run the ball at all. I mean, like, I, that's, again, that's not me being hyperbolic. They literally could not run the ball. They, we, at the, on the pod, we said, just forget it. Just for, ditch we, it. Just ditch it. Just try and win a different way. Just try and win one-dimensionally because we, it, was, it, was, it was a give up. It was embarrassing. No, we scrapped it. We scrapped out from part of the game plan and I'm a run first guy. And so, no, to see them actually come out and be not only a competent running team, but a good running team and have the ability to run and then do the play action off of it. It opens up so many doors and windows for this offense that they just, they look damn good. And I think that uh, a lot of that stems from this uh, finding the correct, the correct lineup at that offensive line spot. And if we head into the offseason, getting ahead of ourselves, but just saying, you know, if we get ahead of ourselves and say Mitchell Trubisky signs a, what, $90 million deal and David Montgomery becomes a top 15 pick in fantasy and Allen Robinson gets his money, I think we can kind of look back at that front five right there and give them a ton of credit for at least putting these guys in a position. Of course, once you get out there, you have to execute. Mitch at times has been out there and has not been able to execute, but they're giving him that chance. And it starts right there, and now everything else is slowly clicking along with it. And I just can't say enough. Talk about a Bears roller coaster this season. This offensive line, talking about this unit, has been crazy. And to see where they are now is a testament to those players out there. And, and credit where credit's due with the coaching staff that finally figured out that right combo. Yeah, you wish I wouldn't have taken so long, and I'm not sure why it did. They had to throw out a lot of different combination of guys. I mean, think about guys who we've seen play this year that are no longer out there, obviously Massey and Coward and Spriggs. I mean, like, but they finally found the right group, and it's working. And, you know, like, I, I don't know what it is or why they didn't find it sooner, but this group, this unit, and, uh, and their current alignment – they just click. It's awesome. It's awesome. And, you know, you think about it for the future, they're doing this without, you know, James Daniels. I mean, I, they, they look great. Imagine throwing James Daniels back, to, back into the mix. I, I really like what they've got. They have a nice foundation, and I'm really excited to see what they can do moving forward. Well, Cameron, I think you know what it is. It's football politics, but that's for another pod and another day where we could really dive into perhaps what maybe took them so long in that regard. Let's switch over to the defense. They gave up a late touchdown for the most part. It seemed like they only gave up 10 points defensively. One of my keys to a Bears victory in week 16 was the interception game. They could have had three in that game. Roquan Smith comes up with two. Bilal Nichols almost came up with one himself. Talk about the defense. What did you see from this unit today? Were you encouraged, neutral game, or discouraged? I mean, I would say, honestly, <laughs> it was pretty neutral for me. I, this offense, when you look at the Jaguars and you look at the names that they're throwing out there, it's not a lot to get too excited about. And that's no disrespect. But, I mean, I thought in the first half they looked okay. I really did. Between uh, Mike Glennon 
tossing the, tossing the rock. Daria Gunbawale, I mean, was able to come out and run the ball. I mean, they, they looked okay. And at least going into half, this was, was a ball game. Uh, so, you know, I, I'm not going to beat up on the Bears' defense in this victory. Um, you know, a win is a win. But, you know, I, I think it was just okay. They, they seemed okay. But, you know, uh, like I said, they're going to have to be a lot better next week and into the playoffs i was just you just led me right into it bears ben don't break in the first half came up with some interceptions i thought the roquan interception after the mitch interception was huge they'd be able to still get some points on the board throughout all of that but cameron i do have to ask you you know jalen johnson hopefully he can come back next week you know this this defense at tcb it got it done but I see on the stat sheet two sacks, six quarterback hits. If we put up those type of numbers against the Packers next week, I don't think the Bears can win. Definitely. No, the, the Packers, obviously the offensive threats that they present, the, they're going to put a lot of pressure on the Bears regardless. And if the Bears are not playing at their highest level, I really don't think that they have a chance to beat a fully healthy, fully motivated Packers roster. Now, there's a lot of stuff that we can get into with that. We don't know what version of the Packers we're going to see. But if we do happen to run into – a prime Packers offense with Aaron Rodgers going out there and playing his style of ball. If the bears don't show up and play the defense that we know that they can, if they're not healthy, if we don't have, you know, our, our best guys going, no, I don't think they have too much of a chance at all. That's, you know, we're trying to be confident saying, Hey, that we're, we're destiny, but there's still a lot of stuff that, you know, kind of makes you nervous. Yeah. A lot for bears fans to be excited about, not just for today, but all this week leading up to this bears Packers game. Again, we were scoring 30 points a game. We're rocking it out on offense. But if we think all of a sudden we're going to graduate to getting into a shootout with Aaron Rodgers where we start trading possessions in the fourth quarter, and let's just say Mitch balls out and he plays with his hair on fire, if we can't stop Aaron Rodgers in this game, we are going to lose this football game. It could be 38-35. to 35. It will be crushing, and it will hurt just as badly as if we lose 24-10. to 10. I'm, I'm with you. I think the defense needs to show up more next week than the offense does. If the offense takes one step back, even with the way that they're playing right now, I still think they can score 24, 25 points, give us a shot in this game. But if we're talking about letting this Packers offense put up 30 against us, it is going to be a really hard time winning that football game. Yeah, I mean, we've seen the Bears have success, even if it was just barely eking games out, winning by scoring 21, 22, 23 points in a game. But that's not against the Packers. You know, they, they are going to have to come out and play well on the defensive side of the ball. And if the offense takes a small step back and we see that little bit of regression, I think that's okay. I don't think they need to score 40 if they play well on the defensive side of the ball. But obviously containing what the Packers can be offensively, that's the major concern. I think it's all about the defense in this thing. If the, if the offense continues to play even at 70% of what we saw today or the past two weeks, they'll be okay. Like that's all that you can ask for from them to expect them to put up 40 points again is crazy. It's the defense that we need, that we really need because that's who we're going against is Aaron Rodgers, one of the, the great gunslingers in this game. So what are we going to see from that group? That's, that's where my, my concern is. And to keep with the Christmas theme, come on Khalil Mack, come on Hicks. Come on, Quinn. Come on, Sacks. <laughs> come on, Roquan. Come on, Trevathan. Take him down and hit him as often as you can, even if you don't get, you know, four, five, six sacks in the game. You got to get more than six quarterback hits on Aaron Rodgers. He was clean the last time we played him. But that was a different football team. So, Cameron, just big picture, I want to ask you, been on a lot of different teams before. It's going to be hard for you to encapsulate 
the macro of what's happened to this Bears season of you go five and one, you are on top of the world. You lose six in a row. Everyone's getting fired. You're playing for your job. And all of a sudden you wake up tomorrow morning. You're in the seventh seed with a chance to get into the playoffs. And not only that, but all of a sudden you're a little dangerous. I'm not going to put myself past any team that we put ourselves up against the first round. If we make it there, have you ever been a part of a team like this? Have you ever been a part of a game even where quarter to quarter, maybe you come out and the doors get blown off of you and you're down multiple scores, but somehow you rally back in the game. Talk about the emotions that maybe these bears players are feeling right now. Cause it's just so, it's so crazy. It's manic. And now we're on an upswing right now, hopefully looking forward into a playoff future. Yeah. The bears, themselves don't even know who they are and how could you from week to week you don't know how you're going to come out and play you've seen I would say really three different clear iterations of this team just this season alone so you know to come out and and to on a week-to-week basis have no idea what the potential of the output that you could put out there is just kind of crazy I think that every single player in that locker room right now has an immense amount of swagger. They know that they're frisky. Let's let's go ahead and use that as the term. They're, they're a frisky team. What that means is that they're dangerous. Now, you may come out and shellack them. Like, don't be surprised if you do. We've seen them play really bad. But we've also seen them, you know, beat Tom Brady. We've seen them, you know, like, like just don't be surprised if you're one of these top-level teams and you run into the Bears. You're never going to be comfortable. You know, like, they're, they just, they're that type of team. And I think that the Bears have this, this bizarre swagger because they've been through everything. And I think that's the thing that kind of sets them apart from a lot of the teams in the NFL is that like from a emotional standpoint, from a psychological standpoint, this team has been through it all, you know, early on five and one that they're that this darling team that's being overlooked and underrated and underappreciated. And people are saying like, they're maybe they're not for real. And then all of a sudden they go and hit absolute rock bottom. Six consecutive losses. Are you kidding me? I mean, like that, like we, we gave up on them. We told them not to run the ball ever again. We were trying to sell the franchise. It was, it was the worst. And now all of a sudden they look like offensive juggernauts. And the defense is the team that we're like, this is the side of the ball that we're not sure about. Like this team has been all across the, all across the board, all over the map. But at the end of the day, they're alive and they're confident, you know, they've got some gamers. This defense is scary. This offense has players that make big plays and big situations, and I don't think anyone wants to play the Chicago Bears right now. Here's where it stands today. We can talk about totality. We can talk about mistakes. We can talk about who a player is and what they haven't accomplished in their NFL career. Where the Bears are today, they have somehow managed to recapture a whiff. I'm not talking – a full breeze. I'm not talking a, a, a wind tunnel. I'm talking a whiff of the 2018 Bears. And the 2018 Bears, I thought could go to the Super Bowl. I truly did. I thought they were that team, one team a year, whether it's the 15 and one Panthers or the Baltimore Ravens of last year, they start kind of just ripping through teams. The ball bounces their way in terms of turnovers and everything, and they can just ride it into a Super Bowl. Not saying that they would win, but that was a Super Bowl type caliber team. They've gone 16 and 15 since. So I'm with you. The mystery and confusion of where that team was, what it's been through, and now kind of where it is, it is incredible to actually acknowledge that they are closer now to actually getting back to that swagger that you just talked about. Something that I don't think we ever thought we'd ever really see again. And now they're heading into this final week of the season with a whiff of it. Can they fully recapture it? 
and take it in and, and win next week and, and make it really interesting. We start doing more interesting, adventurous pods together. We'll wait and see. But they put themselves actually in the best possible position. In my, my dream scenario, they're in the best possible position they could possibly be in heading into the final week. And every single season, it seems like there's one team that's getting hot at the right time that you just don't want to run into in the playoffs. And I remember last year, that was the Tennessee Titans. And this team kind of has, you know, just kind of like, not necessarily in, in terms of the way they play, but just like they, they're the team right now that you don't want to run into because they've proven that they can do it with on each side of the ball. They're finding this offense. You know, think about like the games that they were winning early on in the season when they had literally zero offense, they were five and one with a abysmal with a just the offense didn't exist. And now all of a sudden they found that their defense is playing okay. And they're kind of starting to, to pick it up and get back to that level. I mean, like there's not a team in the NFC that is, that would be, that would be pumped to run into the bears in the playoffs. There's just not. And I just think that things are starting to click and go in the right direction this team can be anything. They can, they could be terrible. They could be the best team on the field, probably against anyone they, they match up against. And the, I mean, I, I don't even really know how you, how you define or define or describe this team, but it's something and it can work. <laughs> yeah. And not, not to put too much air in the balloon. Let's keep it a balanced, balancedly filled balloon. They could easily come out next week and get blown out by the Packers. If they, if this <laughs> defense is interested and playing the type of defense that they played in the first quarter and a half against Green Bay, we're going to get the doors blown off. Mitchell throw a couple picks in the first half, and we're going to be looking at a 17-3 to situation probably really quick. But again, the way this team is trending right now, and I think today was definitely a positive sign that they didn't take a step back. They didn't play down to the competition. They continued this this offensive resurgence that we've been seeing. It continues to trend upwards, and I think that was really important today. And just the mere fact that they could sit Mitch Trubisky in the fourth quarter because we were up by so many points. There's a part of me that was like, hey, keep going out there, keep throwing the rock. But hey, no, no, no. That's when you pull the pitcher after seven shutout innings. You, you want him to walk out feeling really good about himself. I think they're going to be in a good mental mind frame to hopefully prepare for a game plan that's going to go out there and beat Green Bay in week 17. Just take what you can from this game. What you can walk away with is, hey, we're we're a pretty good, pretty good team offensively. And, you know, things have been trending in the right direction and we've had guys come out and play well and let's carry that momentum into, into this big, you know, the biggest game of our season. And so I, I think that they can, there's some good stuff to take away from this. Obviously there's some stuff to learn from, but you're feeling pretty good heading into this game with the Packers. Cameron week 17 is upon us. The bears win 41 to 17 over the Jacksonville Jaguars. They are now eight and seven. They control their playoff destiny. If they win, they are in. If they lose and the Cardinals lose, they are also in. A lot of different scenarios. They can even hop up to the sixth seed. And Cameron, what I'm most excited for is doing some amazing pods for you coming up this week because it's all on the line right now. This is why we've been prepping all season long, man. We've been doing these reps, and we are ready to roll with playoff implications on the line. Mitchell Trubisky can silence a lot of the doubters, and he can also give them a megaphone. We're about to find out. But Cameron, take us home on another fantastic Victory Pod in Week 16. You have been listening to the Believe in Bears podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. Make sure to tune in to our pregame show this Thursday as we let you know about the Bears and the Packers and whether or not we can do this. We don't know. And so make sure you guys tune into that. Make sure you check us out Sunday as we recap what may be the most important game in 
recent Bears history. It's going to be a lot of fun. So please make sure you guys check that out. Make sure you give us a like, a subscribe, a follow. And remember to always bear down. Bear down, Grandma. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.